Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, news of the budget surplus this week was greeted with much hope and enthusiasm about exactly where we could deploy this money. Should it be used to give teachers a pay rise? Should it be used to supercharge housing developments? Or should we all just get a few extra euro in our pockets? Well, to understand this, what this means for the economy, and maybe even to tell us where best to use this surplus, I'm delighted to be joined by finance lecturer and economics columnist with the Sunday Times, Cormac Lucy. Good morning, Cormac. How are you? Hi, Bobby. Let's put things in context here. When we talk about, I suppose, an unexpected boom uh, to the Irish economy, um, the Irish economy, I think you argue, is is more than the Irish economy. It's 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 influenced hugely by the global economy. I think that needs to be stated, does it? Yes. I mean, you can't view Ireland on a standalone <laughs> basis. You really have to view us as a, as a small region in a global economy. And we're particularly exposed to what happens to the sectors that have the biggest economic footprint here. And they would be the multinational tech and multinational pharmaceutical sectors. And small decisions by a small number of large companies in those sectors can have an outsized influence on what happens here and have recently had an outsized influence on the uh, public finances. Yeah. And does it bother you in any way, Cormac, that we seem to be taken by surprise here uh, so often? Now, I know it's, it's positive in that we had all this money returned that we weren't expecting, but surely we should have a better handle on how to budget for these funds. In theory, we should, uh, but it, it, it just goes to show how lopsided our economy is. If we were the United States of America, the decisions of one or two multinationals about their tax arrangements would have a relatively small effect. But because uh, we're a very small economy and because those multinationals have such a large footprint in Ireland, the decisions of two or three US multinationals can completely skew corporate tax receipts one way or the other. So in in 2020, the total corporate tax receipts were... 12 billion. Last year, there were over 22 and a half billion. So in in the course of just two years, uh, corporate tax receipts have almost doubled. And I suspect that uh, Apple is a significant contributor to those increased corporation tax receipts. You're going to be writing uh, tomorrow about, uh, I suppose, employment ratios uh, compared to tax take per employee and I think you're going to be citing Apple. Can you tell us more about that? Well, earlier this month, the uh, junior minister for employment affairs, Neil Richmond, put out a tweet celebrating, you know, rightly celebrating Apple's contribution to the Irish economy. And he tweeted that they were paying eight billion in tax and employing over six thousand people. Now, if you just compare those two figures, it, it means that Apple is paying roughly one point three million in tax for every single employee they have in Ireland. Wow. That, that's just mind-blowing. Now, I, I went and I downloaded the Apple uh, financial statements for 2022, and they show a global tax charge worldwide <clears throat> of $18 billion. So Apple is paying $8 billion of their global $18 billion tax charge in Ireland. 
that sounds a little bit implausible. And then if you look at the thing in terms of the amount of corporation tax they're paying per employee, as I said, they're paying 1.3 million corporation tax per employee in Ireland. In the rest of the world, it's only around 60,000 euros. So the, 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 there's a lopsided channeling of Apple's global income through Ireland. That is leading to a lopsided uh, bonanza in corporation tax proceeds for the exchequer. One would have to wonder whether that can be sustained and for how long can that be sustained. And I would suggest that as an American corporation, uh, that the U.S., Treasury would have their eye on some of that tax take. Well, that's the worry. And we're benefiting from some peculiar details of American tax law interacting with uh, custom designed elements of Irish tax law to allow large American multinationals like Apple to benefit like this. But German tax law, for example, does not have those features. And that's a key reason why you don't have German multinationals relocating their global headquarters to Ireland. Uh, it's because their domestic tax law doesn't make that in their interests. So the, the danger is the Irish exchequer is getting a, a tsunami of tax revenues from American multinationals that in essence are dependent on features of American tax law for this to go to keep going on. Uh, so, you know, it's like we're winning the lotto, but, but somebody else is controlling the lottery machine. And if they start changing their minds on how they operate the lottery machine, these, these lotto receipts <clears throat> are coming in. Well, as they say, never look a gift horse in the mouth. So what should we be doing with this money, in your opinion? It sounds kind of uh, not fashionable or certainly not politically advantageous to pay down the national debt or put more into the pension reserves, because you don't get votes for that. No, but our, our choices are spend this money on current spending, so give people tax cuts, give teachers pay rises. Secondly, we could spend the money on investment infrastructure spending. Or thirdly, we could use it to reduce our, our national debt. Now, the problem with spending it on current spending is this is not a stable source of finance. We cannot rely on this going forward. So we should not be building up ongoing spending obligations uh, on the back of this. The problem with spending it on infrastructure and investment is that the, the economy is already operating at full capacity. So you're going to be adding to demand in an already overheating economy. Uh, and you're likely to get poor value for your investment spend. So I would argue that the unfashionable argument that we should use these one-off windfall gains to pay down the national debt and to reduce the national debt. And secondly, it will give us borrowing capacity in the future if, if another crisis emerges and we need to borrow money to, to navigate our way out of that potential future crisis. You know, when we look at the housing crisis Surely there's an argument there to use these funds to supercharge housing development in whatever prudent way that might happen. There's a strong argument to devote more energy and resources to housing, which is the single most pressing capacity constraint 
afflicting the economy at the minute and is the biggest driver of our economy being one of the most expensive economies in the EU. The problem is the housing problem is not a consequence of lack of money. Uh, the Department of Housing has significantly underspent its budget in recent years. The biggest problems afflicting the housing market are a lack of joined up thinking in planning, lack of capacity in terms of uh, electricity, gas connections, slow granting of planning permission, uh, an unwillingness to build up and a continuation in building out. Uh, so I think the, the, the housing crisis, the one thing that isn't causing it is lack of money. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a whole different ball of wax that we need to address and consider on a standalone basis with standalone solutions. Okay, well, listen, it's a fascinating subject. I'm always intrigued by it. I think that the the whole, I suppose, mystique and unpredictability around it, I I have to say, uh, leaves me floored. But there you go. It's uh, never look a gift horse in the mouth. It's a good day and it's a good windfall. Cormac Lucy, as always, thanks for your, your brilliant analysis. Thanks, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.